We are in week number five today in our study through the Bible. Uh, Literally, we're going from Genesis to Revelation, 31 Sundays. And just so you know, in case anybody asks, this is straight from the NIV text. This, This is God's Word that we are going to be doing And uh, so, therefore, uh, we are going to, in a few minutes, stand and read 17 verses directly from God's Word. Okay? Uh, The reason we're spending 31 Sundays going from Genesis to Revelation is it's our hope and our prayer that when we finish, give me your eyes, you'll understand the big picture. Sometimes we're always looking at one verse or a section of verses that we don't get the big picture of what God's book is all about, God's story. And I'm hopeful that when we finish, you'll say, oh, I kind of get the flow. I kind of understand what's going on where he starts in Genesis and finishes up in Revelation. There really is a flow to the story. And uh, hopefully when we finish up, you'll understand what that's all about. Uh, Week number one, Genesis 1 to Genesis chapter 11. In the beginning, out of nothing, what did God do? He created the what? And the, okay, about seven of you have got it, so we'll back up, give you another running start on that. Uh, In the beginning, out of nothing, God did something pretty amazing. He created the, and he created the, out of nothing, billions of galaxies, literally hundreds of billions of galaxies. And I just read a story this week, and they've just realized that, the universe might actually be as much as a hundred times bigger than they, than they think now. There's some clues that we're saying God's universe is actually a lot bigger than what we've really discovered so far. I suspect that that's true. Anyway, that's interesting. Anyway, God created this awesome universe and this planet and this wonderful garden. Why? So he could have relationship with mankind. And we know... Something went very wrong there in the garden. What happened? Sin entered the world. Uh, Adam and Eve didn't do well with the test. They fell. Sin broke the relationship between mankind and God Almighty. But don't despair. God's got a plan. And in week number 2, Genesis 12 to Genesis 36, we saw that God's plan is to build a a nation, to to choose a people that will be his people. And from these people will come his solution to restore relationship with himself. And he starts with a man. We found that in chapter 2. And his name is, anybody? Abraham. Abraham. And through Abraham and his wife Sarah, all the nations on earth will be blessed. Through Abraham and Sarah, uh, God is going to do a great work, and his work to restore himself to mankind. Uh, Just one little problem. How old was Abraham? He was 100 years old, and his wife Sarah was 90, and she'd never had a baby before. And and what was the purpose of that? Everyone would know. This was God's plan. This was God working in this situation. This clearly was not something normal and just happened. Week number three... The nation is still small and fragile. There's only 70 of them, members of Jacob, Israel's tribe, and now a famine hits. And now the 70 are about to starve to death. So what does God do? 
he sends a guy named Joseph on ahead in order to save his chosen people. And you recall, it, it wasn't an easy time for Joseph. He sends him on ahead. He gets sold into slavery. He gets falsely accused. He gets forgotten in jail. But, but God uses his trouble to save his chosen people. Last week, Israel now numbers from 70 to 2 to 3 million. Give me your eyes. 2 to 3 million people. And now this new pharaoh is afraid. He, he's intimidated. What if, what if they take us over? What if they revolt? Uh, what if they riot? So he starts killing all of the Hebrew baby boys. And he's literally working God's chosen people to death. And God hears their cry. God sees they're being mistreated. So he says, you know what? I need a leader to escort my people out of slavery in Egypt. Let's see, who can I choose? I think I'm going to choose, he's a murderer, and he can't speak in front of people, and he's been out in the wilderness for 40 years. Perfect candidate. I think you're my man. And, and the Lord uses a gentleman named who? Moses to escort his chosen people out of Egypt. Let my people go was... Uh, was his cry. Uh, why did he choose Moses? The most humble man named Moses would give Jehovah all the credit. Today, we're going to see God's chosen people are living free. If you'll remember, at the end of last week, uh, as, as they're running out of Egypt, what does Pharaoh's army do? Pharaoh changes his mind, I think I want him back, and he sends all of his armies and all of his chariots, we're going to go run them down, we're going to drag them back. Uh, but the Lord blocks that, and then he opens up the Red Sea, and they walk through on dry ground. And what happens to Pharaoh's armies and Pharaoh's chariots? Yeah, they, they do the dead chariot float. It's not good. Uh, literally, all of them uh, die and are drowned, and the Lord now has protected them. The Lord now has set them free. They're no longer in captivity. Uh, turn with me in your Bibles, if you have them, to Exodus chapter 20, because they're free, and I just want to show you what freedom is, okay? Or maybe what freedom isn't, because uh, they're free, right? They used to be slaves, uh, used to have to do whatever the Pharaoh, whatever the Egyptians told them, but now they're set free, so now they can worship whatever God they choose, Right? Isn't that what it said? Verse 3, you, you can choose whatever God. You can worship the sun God, the God of the stars, the moon God, make up some God, worship any old way you want to. Let it rip. Uh, and, and then he, he goes on, now you're free, so you can carve gods out of wood and stone, and you can worship them, and you can put them everywhere, and people can come together and bow down to your little statues, and you can make little gods of your own choosing to worship in your homes. Isn't that what he says, starting in verse 4? Uh, and, and since you're free, you can talk about your gods any old way you want. Okay, since you're free, you can use vulgar and profane words when you describe your god, and if you're really mad and you hit your finger, you can yell out your god's name, and you can cuss and you can use your God's name, he won't care, because after all, you carved him anyway, right? Um, and you certainly don't need to set aside any day, verse 8, to worship your, 
your little G God, right? Because you fashioned him. You're free to worship him however you choose. Don't let your little G God interfere with your life. Because you're the boss, right? You're free. You can do whatever you want. Um, and as far as your families, verse 12, um, no need to honor or respect parents because the children, you're free, right? You should be able to say anything you want. If you want to speak disrespectfully to your parents, let it rip. If you want to talk vulgarly, if you want to behave in awful ways to your parents, you're free too, right? You used to be slaves, you're free. Freedom says you can do whatever you want. Um, oh, and... Uh, Let's see, verse 13, um, if you want to form gangs and now someone walks on your territory, kill them. <laughs> just you, you and your gang, just kill each other. You know, and, and if they're not wearing the right colors or if they look at you poorly or if they say something that you don't like, just kill them. Just kill each other. Let, let it rip. And who cares? You're making your own rules anyway, right? Uh, verse 14 and if you feel like sleeping with your neighbor's wife, go for it. Go for it. Uh, just make sure you don't get caught or he might kill you. Remember the last one? Because he's allowed, okay? So uh, if you want to have sex without marriage, no big deal because you're free. And you're making your own rules, right? So do whatever you want. Live however you please. Um, and if there's something that you don't have, look at verse 15 something that somebody else has and you don't have it, uh, feel free to take it from them. Just, just don't get caught, or they might do something really awful to you. And, and oh, by the way, you better watch out, because if you can steal from them, what's well, also true? They very well may steal what you have. So just be careful with your stuff, because now you're going to steal when you can from them, and they're going to steal from you. And... Uh, while you're talking about your neighbor, what does it say? Uh, verse 16, um, if you've got caught and you know you're about to have to face consequences, make up a story. <laughs> don't, don't admit the truth. Uh, if you need to lie to avoid getting in trouble, that's no big deal. And, and you can talk freely without truth to your neighbor and they can do the same. Just know you're in a lying world because you're free, right? And do whatever you want. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Uh, and finally, uh, verse 17, look at your neighbor's house, and if it's nicer than your house, look at their uh, donkey, and if they've got a nicer donkey than you, if they've got better stuff than you, just be jealous and envious. Be a hater. It's okay. Because uh, if you have nicer stuff than them, they're going to hate you, right? You're free. Do whatever you want to do. Um, what does all that sound like in your mind as I say that? And it, it sounds an awful lot like today, unfortunately. Yeah, Peter. The, the more I wrote these things down, I'm saying, that's pretty much how we're behaving today. Uh, where the only sin today, 2016, is to dare call something wrong or sin. Okay. Those, those commands, because of freedom to do whatever you want, no rules, no commands... Go nuts, make your own rules, be your own boss, create your own gods, create your own religion. What's the result of such a system? Think about it. If that were in, in place and you could do whatever you wanted, I, I would argue that what you have is chaos and confusion. I, I would argue that what 
that is, it's a recipe for bedlam and mayhem. It's turmoil and uproar. And God knew if you could just let it rip, it's not going to be a good thing. So the Lord says, you know what? I love you too much to let chaos and confusion reign. So I'm going to give you some guidelines. I'm going to give you some rules to live by so that you might enjoy life. I love you too much to not give you structure that you can prosper in. Do you understand? I love you so much that I'm just not going to let mayhem and, and all the bedlam in this world go, go crazy around you. I want to give you some rules so that you can prosper and thrive. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. These are God's rules so His chosen people could, could be blessed. So God's chosen people could thrive and prosper. And it's by obeying these rules that they could enjoy the good life. Would you stand with me if you're able? We're going to read uh, the first 17 verses of Exodus chapter 20. And we'll read these out loud together. You ready to go? Here we go. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the names of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you. Thank you, uh, for uh, those interesting and challenging commands that you placed for your chosen people. Uh, Lord, the truth is we live in interesting and challenging days, and I'm asking that you might show us how uh, the Ten Commandments applies to us today, to those who love you, to those who follow your Son, Jesus. Lord, would you show us why we should still care about your commands? 
Lord, would you come and meet us today in your church? We invite your spirit, we invite your word to come, and would you speak clearly through these weak lips of mine? And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one voice, So uh, the Lord handed to Moses the Ten Commandments. Uh, why? Why do you suppose the Lord hands Moses the Ten Commandments? Did he want to wreck their fun? Did he want to mess up their freedom from Egypt? And I would argue that Jehovah said to his chosen people, his chosen nation, I love and care for you so much. I don't want you to hurt yourselves. So I guess I would like you to think about the don'ts and the do nots and thou shalt nots as don't hurt yourself. Because that's exactly how this loving Heavenly Father is relating to his chosen people. I, I don't want you to hurt yourself, so don't disregard my rules to live by. Uh, if you disregard my rules to live by, Chaos and confusion will reign. Bedlam and mayhem will become a part of your lives. Jehovah lovingly gave them structure and guidelines so they would prosper, so they would thrive. Uh, so why should we obey the Ten Commandments? Uh, lots of people in 2016 are saying, why do I have to pay attention to God's book? Why should I obey the commands? Okay, this is about as straightforward as I know how. If you're taking notes, this is the key, okay? Because here's the fact. Here's why. When you choose to disobey God's commands, you're choosing to suffer. That's, that's the bottom line. Choose to disregard God's book. Don't do it God's way. You're choosing to suffer and face the consequences. Because when you don't do it God's way, there's always going to be consequences. Choose to sin, choose to suffer the consequences. Why? Because it's God's rules and God's world, and, and every time we say, no thank you, I want to do it my own way, there's suffering and consequences that flow our way. Now as we continue through the Old Testament, and we'll keep going for many more weeks to come, we're going to see again and again and again that when God's chosen people, Israel, obeys, any guesses what happens? They're blessed. They, they thrive. They do really well. And every time that God's chosen people say, uh, I think I want to do it another way, and, and I think I'm going to do this instead, what happens? <laughs> there's, there's curse. There's consequences. There's death. Lots of different forms of death. Over and over again, we're going to see that played out in the Old Testament. And, and I just need to pause and state the obvious. You ready? Here's the obvious. The same principle is still true today, 2016. Uh, God's chosen people today, it, it's not a nation. Who's God's chosen people today? Who is he working through today? God's tool to change the world today is what? The church. And in the church, in his church, are people who are followers of his son, Jesus. Those who by faith 
have said yes to Jesus and yes to the cross and yes to the empty tomb, right? Okay? And when we choose to sin, what are we choosing to? To suffer. Don't be deceived. Whatever a man sows, that will he also... What's the last word? Okay? Can't be deceived. Don't think that you're the exception to that rule. Uh, well, I, I don't think this is going to apply to me. Yes, it is. God is not mocked. You shouldn't try to mock God. Whatever a man sows, he reaps. Choose to have sex outside of marriage. Okay, God says, sex is my idea. I came up with the idea. It's a great thing within the confines of marriage. But when you choose to disregard my command, my rule to live life by, what are some of the consequences? Okay? If you disregard that rule, can you think of some possible consequences of saying, I, I'm not going to listen to that rule. I, I'm just going to have sex whenever and wherever I feel like it because I'm free, because I'm free. Can you think of what are some consequences? Anyone? Disease? Yep, yep. Uh, what else is, is some of the consequences? Pregnancy, perhaps, or unfortunately, oftentimes abortion because... Uh, because now, uh-oh, I, I didn't do it God's way, and now I have this problem, and I'm going to take care of it, and then we're going to bring the death of the baby into it. Somebody would you? Death. Yeah, yeah death spiritually. Uh, right? Exactly. Guilt, jealousy. I mean, you're talking all sorts of ugliness. Can I just tell you again? When we choose not to do it God's way, there's always consequences. And I know you're thinking, well, I think I can get away with it. I, I think I'm going to be the exception to that rule. I think Israel oftentimes thought, well, we're his chosen people. He likes us best. And yet I'm just telling you again and again, whatever you sow, that you're going to reap. So when we choose to sin, we're choosing to what? I want you to get it, okay? So we're going to give you another run. The, the word is suffer, okay? So when we choose to sin... We're choosing to... So next time you're thinking about a situation and you're saying, I, I could do it God's way. I know what He would have me to do. And I'm doing what I, I think I want to do. The old nature's crying at me. Uh, choose to sin and I'm going to choose consequences. And they're going to hurt. And there's going to be suffering involved. So when the Lord says don't, He's like a loving Father saying, don't touch the stove. Anybody like me, you got to touch it once, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I got to find out, Yeah, okay, that hurt. I'm probably not going to do that again, okay? So once the Lord says, don't, don't choose sin, it's going to hurt. Um, I love you, don't hurt yourself. That's how you need to view these commands. Don't hurt yourself. I'm giving you these, these words of wisdom and instruction because if you live this way, You'll be blessed and you'll thrive. And if you disregard them, it's going to hurt. And yet there is something inside of us. We want to make our own rules, don't we? I, 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 want, to, I want to be my own boss. I, I want to make my own little religion and I'll live according to, to me. And what's that called? That's called old, selfish, sinful flesh. And I feel like I'm getting smothered. I feel like I'm getting stifled. I think I'm missing out. Uh, but in reality, what's happening? I'm being protected. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm having the Lord say, no, I, I know what's best for you, my child. 
I created you in your mother's womb. I know what's best. Do it my way. Live my way. So uh, if you're here today, and I suspect some of you, if you were uh, willing to raise your hand, would say, you know, I'm not very good at doing it God's way. I still listen to that other voice in my head far too often, and I know what God would have me to do. I know what God's Word says to do. I know what Jesus would have me to do. But I think I'm missing out. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm missing some good stuff, and, and, and i got to go the other direction. If that's you today, um, I've tried and I've tried, and I just keep missing out, and I'm messing up, and I'm disobeying. What can you do to end that cycle? What can you do to end the suffering? If you're here and you're saying, you know what, I'm kind of tired of the consequences. I, I've, I've tried it again and again, and it's only getting worse. What can I do to stop this cycle? Um, if you have your Bible, go to John 14. Uh, we'll put a slide up here that'll, that'll highlight it as well. John 14 and verse 15. Jesus explains it really clear. He says this, If you love me, you will obey my commands. You want to read that with me? I think you should. If you, you will, my, okay. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. First um, John 5 and verse 3 says, This is love of God that we keep his commands. This is the love of God that we obey his commands. 2 John 1, verse 6. And this is love that we walk in obedience to his commands. I need to say something pretty, pretty blunt, okay? If you struggle with obeying God's word, and you're here, and yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus, but... I, I just I can't say no. I, I just gotta I just gotta go and jump in because I feel like I'm missing out. Can I tell you it's not a self-control problem? It's a love problem. If if you struggle with sin and not doing it God's way, that's not because you don't have enough self-control, it's because you don't have enough love for Jesus. Because the solution to always jumping into sin is to grow more in love with our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. And, that, and that's what he's just said. If you love me, if you love me, you're going to obey. When you truly love and daily walk with me, slowly that urge to do it the other way is going to fade. Biblical Christianity is not a bunch of rules and regulations and commands. Did you catch that? Biblical Christianity is not all about rules and being good at keeping rules. Uh, I know that because the Pharisees were way better at keeping rules and regulations than any of us in this room. And yet when Jesus came, most of them missed the Savior. Why? Because they saw it's all about rules. It's all about do's and it's all about don'ts. But I'm here to tell you, biblical Christianity is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Biblical Christianity is about knowing Jesus and walking with Jesus and making him your very best friend. And I'm just telling you, 
as you walk with Jesus and know Jesus and your love for Jesus increases, give me your eyes, your, your desire to go jump in and eat with the pigs fades. It's a love problem. When our love relationship with Jesus Christ increases, it's not that the rules and the regulations suddenly now disappear. It's not that my old sin nature is gone. It's that my love for Christ overshadows my desire to go and do it any other way. The more I grow, the more you grow in friendship with Jesus, the closer we draw to Christ, the less we desire to disobey and sin. So if you're here today and you're saying, okay, I get it. Um, I, I'm way too often running off and, and doing foolish, started to say stupid, doing stupid stuff, um, uh, and, and, and I'm not... I'm not doing it God's way enough, and I constantly am in suffering the consequences. Where should you start? What should I do? If I was going to do something, what should I do to, to allow my love and my, my relationship with Christ to grow? Okay, I'm going to give you two options, okay? Ready? Two. Uh, first, uh, Pastor Bob and Barbara back. Yay! Uh, and it just so happens that they are having a time in their home. They're calling it Starting Point Fellowship, right? Starting Point Fellowship. And the whole purpose of this fellowship, you'll be meeting at Pastor Bob and Barb's home on Wednesday nights, is to learn to how to have a daily growing relationship with Jesus. Okay? So, so if that's you then you're going to have to get a little skin in the game. You understand? Because just adding a little knowledge, oh, I need to love Jesus more. But if that's not backed up by some action, you ready? Nothing's going to change. So you're going to have to commit yourself. I need to get myself in an environment where I can learn how to grow and to walk daily with Christ and my love for Christ will grow which means in time, as your love for Christ grows, your desire for sin will lessen. That's what needs to happen. Second uh, opportunity that I would uh, present to you. Uh, my wife, Denise, is working through a study called Experiencing God. That's the whole point of Experiencing God. Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, as you learn to love Jesus more and experience Him in your everyday life, it's amazing. Suddenly again, your, your, your love for sin and disobedience starts to fade. There's another option for you. I, I'm just telling you, we've got some places. If you're thinking, you know what, that's me, I would challenge you, well then do something about it. Do something about it. If you're choosing sin a lot right now, then you know what you're choosing? To suffer a lot right now. And far too many people who follow Jesus are just constantly suffering. They're, they're constantly enduring consequences. Um, the answer to choosing to obey is to choose to learn to love Jesus stronger. I want to I quote Moses right now. You ready? I'm setting a choice between life and death. I, I'm, 
I'm setting a choice between prosperity and disaster. And here's what Moses said. Are you ready? For goodness sake, choose life that you might live. Choose life. Choose blessing. Choose to do it God's way. It's really pretty straightforward and simple. Uh, The challenge is, hmm, do I want to do it God's way? But I still have these urges and I have these desires and I have this old... and, And I think I'm missing out. Yeah, you're missing out on a lot of suffering and a lot of consequences if you choose life. Think if Moses was here right now, he said, what's wrong with you? Choose life that you might live. Stand with me. Closing prayer. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that uh, the Lord would burn in all of our hearts and minds Um, he's got a way to do it and it's the right way it's the way of blessing it's the way to have life to the full and yet so many of us sounds like work sounds like effort I want to pray for you Lord we confess we live in a mixed up and a crazy world today what your word calls right is called wrong What your book calls wrong is called right. And we feel pulled, Lord, because uh, as followers of your Son, you've given us a book and it's told us exactly how to live, how to enjoy life. Lord, I pray for the desire in my friends standing right now before you for life. Lord, I know lots of things are tugging at us to go the other direction, but I pray that your spirit and your book would call us to do it your way. Because we want to enjoy real life. Life to the full. Life that comes only through your son Jesus. And loving him strong. Lord, I want to pray specifically right now If uh, there are some here and they don't know your son Jesus, then they don't have the only recipe for victory over sin because that's only found in and through your son Jesus. So, Lord, if there's anybody here and they don't know your son Jesus, um, I pray that you might open their eyes. I pray that you might open their minds. I pray that you might soften their hearts might they realize the only answer begins at the cross. The shed blood of your son Jesus. He took our place in the tomb. Early Sunday morning, he arose from the dead. He did that for us. And he wants to to start a brand new life in each and every one of us. Lord, if there are those who are here and they've not done that, Would you draw them to yourself? Make them hungry and thirsty to know you. And I want to pray for my friends who are continually in the pattern of suffering. Lord, uh, they're stuck, and being a follower of you, 
doesn't seem so fun right now. Over and over and over again, consequences keep flowing their way. Lord, might they find a place where they can start growing in their relationship with your son, Jesus. Might, might they find a place where they can learn how to daily draw close to Jesus Christ. Thank you for your book. It's clear. It's, it's easy enough for even a child to understand. Now, Lord, give us courage to step out to do it your way, whatever it takes. We ask these things in the awesome name of your son, Jesus.